The following program is recommended for ages 18 and over due to adult content. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Behind the Scenes, a look at some of the sometimes steamy inside of Hollywood with your host, Hollywood executive and former Victoria's Secret model, Summer Helene. Our program features the gossip, the dish, and the stories of what's really going on behind your favorite movies, television shows, and celebrities from the people who are involved in the industry. Now, here is your host, Summer Helene. Do you have a desire to be famous? Do you want hordes of people screaming your name? Then ask your therapist if marrying a prince is right for you. Marrying a prince, where you can work from an array of palaces, cottages, and consulates, where all of your work is in service to others, and you can bring attention to the charities you want people to pretend you believe in. Warning, side effects may include extensive media intrusion, heavy public scrutiny, into the lies you tell, and loss of control of your public persona, as well as the inability to hide abusive or narcissistic tendencies while you psychologically damage your prince. If you have these or any other side effects or begin to question your life choices, please talk to your therapist because everyone else is sick of your bullshit. Marrying a prince. Sometimes public service is just too much work. I am so sick. Like I've been in the hospital for weeks and I, for, for like a week and I've been in bed for a week and trying to get through that was harder than you would believe. G'day guys. Welcome to the show. I'm Summer Helene. We're on with my co-host, the baddest bear in the cage, Bear Fjorda. Welcome That's to the me. show. Yeah. And I do want to give a quick shout out to HG Tudor for his insight into this hot mess of a couple. She's done. If you guys don't know or haven't heard of him, HG Tudor is a YouTube. Tudor. 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 Listen, I hate you so ha- much. Spell it. Spell it. T U D O R. Tudor. 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 Anyways, so he's a, he's a YouTuber, but I think he doesn't. I think he's more than that. He just happens to post these these videos. He's a narcissist that does down. videos That's on narcissism. He's a narcissist that breaks down different narcissists across the web and discusses their behavior and why he believes they are narcissistic on his channel. And honestly, I think he's pegged Megan 100% of the way. Everything he describes, he's even kind of giving a little uh, foretelling. He's saying what she may or may not do as time moves on. And she seems to be playing into that playbook he gave out to everyone. So if you ever oh, yeah. want to learn more about uh, – you want a real deep dive into Megan's psycho- – uh, the psychology of a you. narcissist. I was going to say psychopathy, but yes. Psychopathy too. <laughs> Basically, you just want to learn more about why she's doing what she's doing in the royal family or here in the States. By all means, go check out again HG Tudor. Tudor. Anyways, <laughs> I'll never say it right. I don't know. I shouldn't be trying it, at this it's, point. It's, it's, I, I don't know what it is. I think Tuda. it's Tudor. I don't want to, I'm not trying to be offensive, oh, but I'm trying Americans. to get it, honestly. I, I know, I know you're trying, sweetie. I'm trying to call very, Tudor. You're very, don't do that, that's worse. Tudor. That's better than That's anything. better than not? <laughs> yeah. Okay, Tudor it okay. is. So. Like he's teaching you, tutoring you. Say tutor. 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 You know what, we'll, we'll have an English lesson later. Okay. So I'll if you get on very much, if you <laughs> if you are interested in looking up HG Tudor, he's not associated with the show, but he gives brilliant insight. It, him and Dr. Grande, I think, are really yeah. kind of the two that that give a lot of good insight. HG Tudor, because he himself is a narcissist and he calls out narcissism, and uh, Dr. Grande, because he talks about uh, the psychology behind it. Now, I do have to say, he's actually used our stuff on his show. Um, and we talk about him. I'm talking about uh, Dr. Grande here, and we're not associated with them at all. So if you want a, he's used stuff from our show. Yeah, he has. Oh, that's awesome. Um, he used the stuff from the uh, from when we were on with uh, uh, Joshua Fabia. Fabia. Oh, yeah. okay, the Fabia case. God, that was. 
crazy in and of itself. But we're talking about yeah. Speaking of narcissism, speaking of narcissism, Mm -hmm. I can't help but wonder if Harry has a little something of that going on too. Maybe not necessarily narcissism, but some type of when someone is psychologically damaged, they're easier to take advantage of. Remember, so for those that don't know, um, my gal Friday, the chick I've worked with for like ten years, Alexis. in her off time, she's a dominatrix. She's one of the smartest women I know. Got involved with the dude, and he splintered her brain to pieces. Like, she'd have joined a cult, shaved her head, and worn Reeboks if he asked her to. <laughs> and all it takes is a person gaslighting you to the point. Is Reebok No, no. That came from <laughs> this cult where they wanted you to shave your head, drink poison. They wore purple sheets and Reeboks. It was to get to the other side of hail, Bob. Okay. But essentially... Um, in, in this case, Harry is talking about like mystical shit. He's like, he's sitting there going, you know, when she was singing to the seals and the seals sang back, I knew she was pregnant. Like this woman is, is, well, is that a quote? He yeah, said? it is. It's I from never his book. Heard it's from his that book. That is crazy. And so it comes down to this woman is clearly telling him she's like the second coming of his mother. But how does he believe oh. this? Like, did he, he had, he had to witness seals making sound, right? I, I don't know. I don't know enough about gaslighting. I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm not a psychologist. Hey. You'd have to talk to people who have been through it. Well, speaking of Harry, this week he decided to take shots at Camilla. Yeah. Saying, and I think he mentioned it before, okay. actually. Referencing... The Queen of England. Right. The Queen of England. Yeah, let's, uh, not, I think let's, he's... let's do that. He Sorry? also took shots at uh, Catherine, Princess of Wales. Well, he was saying that... Not to be confused with everyone calls her Princess Catherine. It's Catherine, Princess, Princess of, of Wales. Wales. It's right. very it's important you get that right. how you say the title is important. <laughs> Well, he was saying things such as how his stepmother had made comments prior to them leaving how it's now Megan's turn to take over the role as the bad guy. She's now she now has to take the flack that his stepmother took before her. And well, that, that was his remark in his book, too, actually. He you said know, that both in person and in the book. But that's what happens. What she's not she's not saying she's gonna make the chick the bad girl. Yeah. That's what happens in the media. Once you being, you know, the yay, the next princess doesn't sell papers anymore, they start digging up dirt on you. And they start I mean, they they st- the media turns on you. I know, I'm part of the people that turn on you. Like, oh. I was I was hugely happy when uh, she married into the royal family. I thought it was a, a blessing. But I think you didn't just you didn't just randomly start finding dirt on her. You oh, only I... really turned when she started ruining the royal family. Yeah. So I don't I don't know. But, but I'm a monarchist. Would, would that so... apply to everyone though? Yeah, pretty much. The the reality is, once being a good girl doesn't sell papers, they're going to do stories. I mean, there was a point where they called the the Princess of Wales, and I mean, no offense, I do not believe any of this. They were calling her Weighty Katie. They said she was a slut that slept with all of his friends. Okay. There, there was not a good story for a period you could find. And then once that stopped selling, she was the good girl again. Everything goes in cycles. One of the examples they pulled up was Megan talking about the avocados how it was wonderful that William, a uh, Prince William got, got an avocado of Wales, but when she did it, when, when she ate it, it was a problem. The reality is she's not keeping up with the media. The woman, for a woman that worked in entertainment, and I know everyone's like, she's a cable TV actress, that's actually a pretty hard job to get. I'm not knocking her for that. That is a hard job. She did work in the entertainment industry. Um, she should know better. I wouldn't eat an avocado during the time when all this shit on the cartel was coming out. I'd like to remind everyone every time we use bad language, we give money to the Boys and Girls Club of America, the Humane Society of America, and free MMA. We swear because we could Fuck care. Yeah. It's, it's called the Sean Patrick Flannity rule. He said the F word 73 times in like 30 minutes. It's incredible, and it was completely natural. I think the sexy Irish accent covered it up. It really it really helps a lot. It this, does. This, that was before my time. I wasn't part of that show. He was still sexy. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I, I got distracted by Sean Patrick Flannity. Fair enough. 
but many people do. Yes. The reality is she didn't check media and she wasn't watching her coverage. If, for example, I was doing something, I would try and be more cognizant of where people stood on different things. Article after article had been coming out about how avocados are destroying the rainforest. So if I was her, I wouldn't want to be associated with them. I think that's kind of what happened too when during the pandemic when they started really complaining about their current living situation. Um, everyone's suffering. Everyone has no money. Everyone's out of a job. People are dying from pandemic. You literally had free housing and support and financial support. You didn't have to do. In fact, most of your engagements were probably called off because of the pandemic mm -hmm. itself. So you're really just at home. Well, they were here during the pandemic. You, oh, I'm sorry. Even then, they were definitely out of engagements. <laughs> they definitely had nothing going on. And they're still complaining about their I living situation and why they're unhappy where okay. they are. And they got this freaking mansion and everyone else is starving. I know. And and, and it's how Vustek, Megan, and all that started and, trending. And it's why people are like, oh, you're so out of touch with the common people, which is clear. Well, he would be. The reality is, and the best way I've heard it put so far is he always served a queen. He always served the country. He's very much a follower. It's how he was raised. He yeah. was in the military. You're raised to follow. He followed his queen. Well, now he's just following a new queen. And unfortunately, she's not as smart as she thinks she is. And I'm not saying that. <laughs> I think that's, I, I, I think that goes along with the narcissism aspect too, I don't, wouldn't it? Uh, she just, she doesn't know enough about media. Like how how do you she married a prince and is now making herself publicly you know public enemy number one and the reality is she is capable of doing better in the press whether or not she's brainwashed him or he's been brainwashed or he's had too many magic mushrooms I don't know or care magic mushrooms yeah he had a whole thing on magic mushrooms okay but the reality is it is a handleable situation their media but. They've been dropped by media companies because she constantly wants to overexpose. And one of the biggest mistakes people do is they keep trying to get their narrative out there. If you constantly push your narrative, it's Goebbels tried it where you say something enough, people eventually believe it. Cool. But you cannot correct everything that comes out. The one thing the royal family does very, very well is never complain, never explain. Just by letting things pass, they survive. And a lot of celebrities do that. The only exception, like Jason Momoa, would be an exception to that when he was accused of molesting I, his I daughter. I think he went about it. There's so many ways you very, can go about it. He was very it. brilliant. Because, because in his case, when the guy came out with the photoshopped image and came out with a story and it blew up, he had to make some kind of response to it. If he went silent, people would then assume that it what the guy true. said yeah. was true. His response when someone claimed him to be uh, touching his daughter inappropriately in public was to literally go on a, a rampage. He hired PIs, he found this guy, he put out the right story and made him publicly apologize for putting out the fake story in the first place. Now, with the royal family, I think this that's similar to all, actually, all entertainers, internet, in person, whatever, if you have a controversy, you have people who are accusing you of something or you did something and it comes out, the moment you give a negative or an emotional reaction is the moment it continues, people will attack Believe you it. for yep. it, they'll stay on top of you for it. Like any, you ever seen a YouTube apology where yeah. they're like, <sighs> I'm sorry. I never thought I'd have to make this video, guys. But if you just let things pass, it, it will go away. Also, own your mistakes. Uh, Cindy Honig. Shout out, by the way, everyone read PR Rockstar. She was one of my idols, one of my mentors. One of the things she said when she was working, uh, she worked with Hugh Grant after he got caught with Divine Brown. Right. And he got caught with a prostitute. She sent him on a yes, I did it and I'm sorry tour. You know, that's and it was too. one definitely of the first a, ones. Definitely take accountability. But don't start responding to like every, every hating yeah, comment, that's, every that's troll. That's when you get screwed mm -hmm. up. 
And the reality is, in today's day and age, you have people like Jake Paul, who is a rapist. Please sue me, Jake Paul, because then you have to prove in court that you're not. I know you are. Uh, and you've got people like in the Church of Scientology. Shout out, by the way, we lost uh, Lisa Marie Presley last night. Mm. She was vehemently against the Church of Scientology after she left it because they covered up rape consistently. Please sue me, Church of Scientology. Uh, I keep trying to I keep trying to get this Church of Scientology and Jake Paul to sue me, and neither of them will sue me. It's very it's really very frustrating. It's really very frustrating. These powerful people who have committed multiple sex crimes no longer want to go to court over it. I know, right? It's 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 very selfish on their part. Sue me. It's good for press for me, and you know it makes you publicly defend yourself. The reality is, Meghan Markle could get around this if. She could get around this if she knew media better, but she's handling her own press right now, and frankly, she's not very good at it. She'd have to go dead silent. She'd have to be forgotten and then come back with a positive, I think, at this point. I don't know how well she would ever possibly Oh, I could around. fix that. I ain't gonna. <laughs> that's, that's the Aussie in me. I'm like, I'm not gonna. I'm a monarchist. I'm not gonna. But I could, I, I could and I know people that could. Help. People like Cindy Honig could. But if she did, oh, I'm going to be pissed. I think she wouldn't even bother listening to you, though. Cindy? No, the other one. Oh, Meghan Markle? Yeah. yeah, that's the problem. And I've heard that from a lot of people in Hollywood is she just doesn't listen. Right. Now, when we come back, we are going to be on with Josh Rom. He is a national award-winning London-based broadcaster, royal commentator, voice artist, and presenter. We're going to be talking a little bit more about the royal family, what's going on, and everything else from someone that knows a hell of a lot more than we do. Oh, yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, I'd say so. Guys, I'm Summer Helene. We're on with my co-host, Bear Fjorda, and we'll be right back. Who cannot say Tudor properly. We'll be right back after this. Streaming live, the leader in internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Racers and Rental Cars is the program for wannabe pro racers and those interested in the racing profession and automotive industry. Join hosts Cameron Ferre and Don O'Neill as they take you behind the scenes with previews and review for race day. It's about the business as well as the fun. We've got the scoop, the guests, the discussion, and the WTF moments. All you need to do is bring your ears. Racers and Rental Cars heard every Saturday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite hosts. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. You are listening to Behind the Scenes with host Summer Helene. To connect with the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to bts at summerhelene.com. Now let's go back behind the scenes. 
G'day, g'day, guys. Welcome back to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene, and we're in with my co-host, the baddest bear who missed his last fight because, you know, they canceled it. And When's your next one? Well, it has. It was January 25th or 21st, and now it's supposed to be February 25th. Okay, all I'm taking from this is you are choosing to do this on purpose because you need more time to cut weight. No. <laughs> we are on with, I'm, I'm really, really excited. I, I know you guys can't see him, but we are on with Josh Rom, and he is absolutely gorgeous. Hi, welcome to the show, Josh. Thank you so much. Absolutely delighted to be here. Now, we were talking a little bit before the break about the royal family. We were chatting about you a little bit. Do you want to tell everyone out there a little bit about yourself? Yes, so I am a royal journalist, commentator and broadcaster uh, living uh, in the London area, working in London. I, uh, were, I'm a freelance journalist. I have been on um, a variety of broadcasters in the UK, including the BBC, Sky News. I've also written for various tabloid publications in the UK as well, uh, notably The Sun recently, and also doing a lot of royal uh, coverage for the Daily Star online. Now, what got you into doing Yeah, I'm really uh, curious. How did you do this? So, I mean, the thing is, it, it's I've always done entertainment and kind of showbiz. And I, I, the thing is, in America, I mean, I've grown up watching loads of entertainment news programs. And on those programs, you know, royal and showbiz would actually be quite mixed up in those programs. People would do both royals and showbiz together. Yeah. Whereas in this country, in the UK, it's seen as, uh, as two completely different entities. You know, royal commentary is seen as quite highbrow stuff. And mm -hmm. entertainment is is kind of considered more more low stuff. It's always the the thing that would be uh, put on the end of a program and then cancelled. And I found myself the more I I started getting into kind of tabloid journalism and tabloid style, um, the more I was exploring exploring the royal side. You know, I've always had a fascination with how the royals have been portrayed within the entertainment world. I think you know, say what you like about The Crown and Netflix, but I do think that has been a game changer in depicting the royal family and retelling the kind of royal story to a younger generation of, of people that might not appreciate the royal family in the same way that the older generation do. And, you know, I started really covering the royals throughout the kind of entertainment news perspective. But then as kind of events transpired and, you know, we, we saw the, the, the death of um, His Royal Highness Prince Philip, the Duke of Edinburgh during the pandemic. And more and more and more royal news was really coming to the forefront. And then obviously, you know, the wedding of Meghan Markle was obviously a game changer, welcoming a biracial actress into the royal family. And then having these kind of in that wedding as a whole, these two worlds of showbiz and royalty combined. And then, of course, with them and all their projects and the Oprah interview, it's given entertainment journalists like me more of a chance to cover the royals. And then as I've been doing more stuff, I've been digging more deeper, getting to uh, building up my contact databases, uh, talking to loads of different royal sources, biographers, historians, former insiders, former palace staff members. And, you know, it's been something that I've been moving into more and more. And I split my time now between showbiz and royal journalism. 
I have to ask for, so I completely understand the difference. I mean, I love Kim Kardashian. She is a wonderful person and my God, she's a good woman, but there is a distinct difference between her and say Catherine princess of Wales. I'm, I'm just saying in, in the way that they are and they're covered. So I can see where there would be the break in that kind of journalism. Yeah. But also remember the Royal family are an, this is not just a standard brand like the Kardashians exactly from nothing through a sex tape this is an an, an ancient institution going back th arguably thousands of years to uh William the Conqueror and the mm -hmm. Battle of Hastings and you know the the these are people that are anointed they're not appointed they're not yep. elected they view themselves as almost like God's representative on 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 earth and that's why you know in in the UK we have this kind of um system where the uh, monarch is also the head of the church, church of england, church of england. It, she um her majesty the queen was always known as defender of the faith and you know king charles wanting to be this more progressive style monarch it wants to be known as defender of all faiths and welcome and you know he wants to be this kind of bastion for freedom of religion and freedom of speech in this country and i think that's a good thing but you know we've always had this kind of connection between the royal family this this, this ancient institution, which Duchess, well, then Duchess Catherine, now the Princess of Wales, belongs to, with rules and regulations, mm -hmm. where Kim Kardashian is just a celebrity working in the public eye. Thank there is, you. There is a strong difference. Thank you for explaining that, because I have people ask me that all the time. And, you know, I'm Australian. We're the English you guys didn't want. We still have the monarchy, but we're not as uh, good about explaining it. So that well, that was very good. You guys have the, like, obviously, um, you guys still have the governor general who yes. still reports to the monarch. And actually, Her Majesty the Queen was always, you know, when it came to the dominions, the British dominions and, and the Commonwealth and countries that were connected to Britain. Obviously, our monarch, the UK, was also the monarch of Australia, was mm -hmm. the monarch of New Zealand, was the monarch, monarch of South Canada. You know, Her Majesty the Queen was always always interested and took a particular interest in the countries that she would rule over as well or, re or I should say reign over because the monarch reigns they don't rule it's different because the they monarch do. is is the head of a constitutional monarchy their yes. role is largely ceremonial they keep democracy going but they don't necessarily rule they don't necessarily have all the power but they do have the right to dissolve parliament. So should the government get out of control, my parliament, your parliament, South Africa, uh, King Charles could actually dissolve any of them if there was too much of a disaster and take back over reigning. And I think it's incredible for them to have access to that much power, but still choose to reign, not rule. But at the same time, it's 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 all of these countries have, um, you know, constitutional monarchies. But at yes. the same time, they, they're also parliamentary democracies. Correct. The one thing is, is, you know, there is a very fine balance between what the monarch does, because they feel that the, the royal family needs to get it right. They don't yep. want to be overthrown. They don't want to be ejected or thrown out by the countries that they reign in. So therefore, they 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 hear the voices of the people. They they are led by the voices of the people when it comes to that. Obviously, they do have that power and they would only do so if, if lives were truly at stake or mm -hmm or fundamental civil liberties were being threatened in yep. those countries. But otherwise, if it's just, a, 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 a you know, for example, a conservative government, 
and and you know arguably our my country at the moment is out of control we have a cost of living crisis we have an energy crisis we have a, a fuel crisis we even have in some places a food crisis as well so yeah. you know you, you know the monarch hasn't taken direct drastic action because they won't because at the end of the day the conservative government is an elected government with a mandate mm -hmm elected by the people and the people if they want to do that will will get rid of the government at the next general election and so the the constitutional monarch the monarch will listen to the people and then um invite the winning party to um create a government in their name but that's the thing it is still democrat even though they have that power it's still very much democratically led i see i'm taking you now to every cocktail party i have to go to in hollywood because they hear my accent, think I'm English. I have to then explain, no, 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 I'm Australian. No, and then I, they ask me what? about the monarchy and this is what happens. <laughs> I have been going to Los Angeles ever since I was seven years old. You know, I count Laguna Beach as my mm -hmm. second home. I, I have family that used to live in Agoura Hills. They now live in Florida. And actually, I'm very familiar every time I would go to... Um, the the US I would always they people would uh, they would say they love my accent they would actually some people would say I love the Brits but others would say are you Australian yes so <laughs> I, I, think, I think it's actually very common for um some of the citizens of the US who I absolutely love by the way um to, to kind of confuse the Australian and British accents at times I think so and I'm not sure why because I can hear a distinct difference but oh, I think too. but I think for them maybe it's too similar I'm going to ask you harry had we've got a couple of minutes till break uh i want to talk to you a little about harry's book a little bit about his and megan's interview oh no i'm keeping you <laughs> i'm keeping you this is this is happening um before i'm so we're going to go to break in a minute but i do want to ask beforehand have you read harry's book i am in the middle of reading it and what do you think um i for those that can't see him I can after see the break <laughs> him that wasn't a good face very cute man not a good face he just made yeah <laughs> that's, not happy. Um, that's not a happy face yeah it, it, it it's <sighs> I, I i i'm worried about harry and his actual mental well-being genuinely he says he said in his interview with tom bradby for itv that oh he's never been in a better place he's happy but reading his words and listening to his interviews this doesn't strike me as a happy man this strikes me as a man with a lot of long-standing resentment this is a man who is bitter this is a man who can't let the problems of the past go well this is a man who said that he heard his wife singing to seals and the seals singing back so he knew she was pregnant i mean there are loads and <laughs> loads of just random stuff i mean one minute one minute he and Megan are talking to Oprah and talking about how an unnamed member of the royal family were um, discussing the colour of their unborn baby skin. The next minute, Harry's going around saying, oh, well, the royal family aren't racist. On one minute, he's like, well, I haven't been scathing towards my stepmother, Camilla. The next minute, he's calling her a villain. One minute, he's going, I love my brother dearly. The next minute, he's calling his brother in the book his arch nemesis. You know, one minute he's saying how how many people in Afghanistan he killed. The next minute he's saying, well, um, at the at the same time, the, I didn't boast about it. The British press they're all to blame for publicising it in this way and spinning it out of context. Well, no, because he still he might not necessarily be boasting about it, but he's still saying 
he's still revealing that number, therefore putting armed forces within the region at risk and also creating an extra security risk for himself. Also, another inconsistency, he and Meghan, oh, the, the Mail Online, they infringed our privacy by publishing Meghan's letter to her dad, but yet they're revealing text messages in the book. You know, it, it, there are inconsistencies all over the place. You know, as an outsider perspective on that aspect, I do want to say this. It's probably because when they release it themselves, there's some financial value to it. They didn't get any money when it was put out otherwise. But if it makes money for them, it seems like they're okay, okay getting so putting it out there. I put your naked pictures out to crowds because that'll make money because I'm making money. No, it's Megan's so cool not mine. But I'm saying that's a point. <laughs> like, you can't put things out and think it's cool like that. Well, bearing in mind as well, you know, how, how are they making their money? You know, they're, they're, the, re the whole reason why they've got this worldwide platform in the first place. Yes, Meghan Markle was an actress on Suits. And Suits was, I mean, was it was a kind of global... Um, kind it was of okay. <laughs> it was okay, but it wasn't necessarily A-list Hollywood level. She wasn't Emma Stone. She wasn't Rachel Weisz. She wasn't Kate Blanchett. You know, she was a well-known actress, but she wasn't like the top tier levels of Hollywood. So, you know, how have they got this platform? The only reason why they've got this platform in the first place is due to their connection to the royal family. And they still go to events all over the place in America being introduced as the Duke and Duchess of Sussex. But yet they continue to slam this institution again and again and again that made them who they are, that gave them this platform and that gave them the titles that they continue to profit on. Guys, we are going to go to break. When we come back, we are going to be chatting more about this because I really like that perspective and I want to break it down. I want to say thank you. We're on with Josh Rom. We are on with my co-host, Bear Fjorda. I'm Summer Helene. We'll be right back after this. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events and even more about your favorite host it's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com that's blog.voiceamerica.com the voice america press blog all access all the time You are listening to Behind the Scenes with host Summer Helene. To connect with the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to bts at summerhelene.com. Now let's go back Behind the Scenes. 
G'day, g'day, guys. Welcome back to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene, and we're on with my co-host, Bear Fiorda. Your fight is when? February 25th. February 25th, who just keeps putting off his fights. I'm just saying. And our very, very special guest. I don't have guest. the patience to argue with you, but I know it comes across online like I'm hiding from it. I'm not putting off my fights. <laughs> no, his coach, his, his coach canceled it. Um, he you, actually Joe. got it co- canceled because I was in the hospital and I sort of infected him. <laughs> I want to say welcome back to our very special guest, Josh Rom. Welcome back. Thank we were chatting very much. a little bit in the break. Uh, before break, we were talking about Harry's book and Megan. And have you ever have you ever watched like H.G. Tudor? He does uh, um, videos on narcissism on YouTube. I don't believe I have, but I am very familiar um, with with kind of narcissism as a context. I mean, not a lot of people would know this about me, but I actually studied ancient history and mythology when I was really? at university, or as you guys say, when 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 I was at college. <laughs> um, so so you know, I'm very familiar with the myth around Narcissus and the whole kind of uh, y- you know subject and um, you know the whole kind of topic around narcissism and what it is basically do you think megan is brainwashing harry to a degree that's one of the big things online is everyone thinks he's fucking with a head right okay so i've actually i i will say this and this is something that i have been saying quite a bit recently is you know there was obviously this narrative that megan has somehow led harry astray and um and and you know that there was this whole narrative that megan's taken harry away from the institution that he always loved when i think what the previous interviews with anderson cooper and tom bradby as well as this book really show you that actually the myth has been dispelled. That myth is no more. I, like, print, this is Prince Harry through and through. Meghan, I mean, yes, I think she feeds into what Harry's about. And yes, she only encourages it. And I think Harry has had a lot of influence from um, American ideas, from Meghan Markle, and also from his American therapist. But saying that, I think the myth that somehow... Megan is to blame for all of this has been absolutely dispelled. It's very clear that Prince Harry has this long-standing resentment from the, um, he has a long-standing resentment of the institution because of he's traumatized from what happened to his mother all those years ago. And because he's traumatized from that, he hasn't been able to grieve properly. He hasn't been able to process properly. The royal family are not a tactile family. They're not a hug and kiss sort of family. There is a formality to them. Yes, there was love there. He felt love, but not in the way in which I think he wanted and definitely not in the way in which I think he needed. And he has this long-standing resentment of the institution that is also fueled by an utter hatred of the British press because he blames them for what happened to his mother. And therefore, he views his whole entire life through a prism of all of that, all added together. So I I think the moral of the story is here, maybe they're just both assholes. I mean, Meghan has her faults. I, 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 and, and it's very clear that, you know, whilst members of the monarchy like Prince William, uh, Princess, the Princess of Wales, Catherine, Camilla, 
even some of the other royals like Edwards and Sophie Wessex, they all and Princess Anne, of course, one of the hardest working royals of the lot. They all have this, they all have it ingrained in them, this concept of what service means, what true service means, and that is supporting the monarch in the best way possible. I don't think Meghan ever understood that concept, not properly. She just viewed it as, oh, I'm going to support my husband. But I think she did want to at least change the institution from within. She did want to modernize it. She wanted to be, uh, even as in their Megxit statements, in their when they declared they wanted to leave the royal family, they wanted to be... Um, a progressive force within the institution. But unfortunately, royal protocol is in place for a reason because the system is such a fragile system. And therefore, it's not possible for Meghan to do what she wanted to do. And she was always getting criticised for it. So I don't think that helped. But definitely, I think what this book and all the interviews definitely prove, they definitely show, is that Prince Harry is to is not is I I wouldn't say to blame necessarily, but he has this long-standing resentment of the institution. I think he very much is at the center of all of this controversies. And also, let's not forget here. You know, Prince Harry, one, there's all the stuff about invading privacy. And as I said before the break about Thomas Markle and suing um, the Mail on Sunday for publishing the letter. But yet they're revealing text in the book. And, and there's a whole kind of invasion of privacy aspect. But let's not forget that a lot of these details, such as the physical altercation between Prince William and some of these uh, conversations between the royal family, they would not be revealed in the public domain if it wasn't for this book. Prince Harry is the one who is revealing all of these revelations. He's the one exposing all of these bombshells. Like it makes um, Meghan's interview with Oprah practically look quite tame, let's be honest mm -hmm. here. So, you know, when, when we look at this, we have to see Harry for what he is. He's the one who's lifting the lid on all of this. He's the one who's actually the one who is lifting the lid on royal life. He's the one who's trying to almost blow up the institution from within because he's still very much connected to the institution. They both are. They still got their HRH titles, even if they're not um, active at the moment. You know, they're still being called the Duke and Duchess of Sussex. They're still intrinsically linked to this um, institution, which they continue to hate and slam and also reveal previously unknown secrets that weren't in the public domain. Do you, there's, there was some talk a little while ago, and actually probably recently, that uh, Megan had dated the wrong witch, dated the spare, and Harry feels resentment for not being the one in line to get the crown. Do you think there's any truth to either one of those things? Well, I mean, the whole point of Meghan and her narrative is that she, she doesn't, un like, I believe she didn't understand service in the way the royal family understands yeah. service, their concept of it. But actually, her whole narrative, uh, what she says in the press is, oh, I knew so little about royal life. I knew, um, I, I didn't know who Prince William and Prince Harry was, and I had to Google them and Google the Queen, bearing in mind she still took a picture outside Buckingham Palace when she was younger. But anyway... Mm -hmm. If we're going by her own narrative, I think that point's kind of irrelevant because she wouldn't understand what any of it meant anyway. So that's if we're looking at her narrative. But it's very clear that Prince Harry does have this long-standing resentment at yeah. being the spare in the family. You know, when he's talking about 
sibling rivalries with William. You know, I myself am a younger brother. I'm not saying I identify with Harry with some of the stuff that he's saying, but for a lot of what he's saying about, you know, the standard sibling rivalries, how, you know, the older sibling, like Prince William, didn't necessarily want to know him at school and didn't want Prince Harry to cramp his style. You know, this is all kind of standard older, younger sibling sort of, you know, dynamics. Any normal family, um, any normal any normal child that grew up with either an older or younger sibling can relate to both the older brother not wanting the younger sibling to cramp their style and also the younger sibling kind of looking up to their older brother in a way and wanting validation and wanting to be a part of their older brother's life. But what Prince Harry is doing right now, he's talking about these pretty normal family dynamics through the prism of, I feel so hard done by, by this institution because I was the spare. And therefore he's blowing up these normal dynamics into kind of childhood trauma sort of positions. Do you think Harry's resentment towards the institution has worsened with time, worsened since he left the military after this, the, the pool table scandal and all of that? Well, I, I think when he was growing up, he always had this uh, this resentment and it was bubbling up. And then when all the scandals um, took place, such as the uh, Naked Billiard scandal and then obviously the Nazi uniform scandal, which he's actually written about in the book. And he, he says that, you know, he blames effectively William and Kate for it. They said they encouraged him to wear the uniform, bearing in mind he was the one that wore the costume. Um, so, yes, I think the resentment has always been there. I think he he had, you know, he knew how the system works and therefore he cooperated with the press and, you know, he actually needs the press as well to promote his Invictus Games. But there was a time where I think before he was married and when he was dating girlfriends, but there, there wasn't really anyone's properly serious in the picture where he was just kind of the third wheel for um, Prince William and then Duchess Catherine on all of their events and all of their charity endeavours. You know, I think there was a time where he, he just kind of went with the atmosphere. And I do think that what Megan has done, she has enabled all of this long-standing resentment to bubble up to the surface. She's fed into it. She's encouraged it. So I think I wouldn't say it's got gotten worse. I would say, you know, kind of suppressing that emotion hasn't done Harry any favours. And it's the classic thing of you're holding something within you for so long and it's now blowing up. And in this instance, it's blowing up outside of proportion. But one thing that I did read very much so was, you know, I read the uh, Finding Freedom book uh, by Omid Scobley and, Car and Carolyn yeah. Durand. And obviously there are allegations that they collaborated with them on that. You know, Omid, he might deny it, but he's very well known to be very good friends with the Duchess of Sussex. Um, she was know. also called out in court and had to apologize because she said she didn't uh give him the information then it came out she did exactly and, and you know like there was obviously you know uh, we we have to say allegedly for legal reasons but you know there was some evidence at least of collaboration with that book but you know reading that book and, and reading about you know harry's service in afghanistan you know yeah. that was that was where he felt most at home. That was where he felt most happy because in that instance, he wasn't Prince Harry, the spare of the royal family. He was just Captain Windsor. 
And, and you know, so for that, that he felt like normal. He felt like he didn't have preferential treatment. He felt like his life had purpose within the military. And I think because of the, the institution, the way it works, when his service was properly exposed on a worldwide scale and, it, and, and, and you know, he effectively had a target on his back. And, you know, mm -hmm. the Taliban released statements along those sorts of lines when fighting in Afghanistan, talking about removing Harry, placing Harry's head on a silver platter and, you know, using all of that sort of imagery, you know, when he had a target and he had to, unfortunately, you know, come home from Afghanistan, he was very resentful, resentful, sorry, um, of that fact that his position within the royal family and the way the British press worked ruined, once again, ruined something else in his life that actually gave him the most purpose. And that's actually where the Invictus Games came from, because he still feels passionate. Well, at least I thought he feels passionate before this book, but I, no, he still does feel pa very passionate about the military and wants to help military veterans. And the connection to the army is something that Prince Harry is still very much passionate about. Well, it was the American press, actually, that originally broke that story about Harry. It wasn't the British. So know, why is he so the, angry at the British press? Like, they didn't do the it. Thing is, he's, he's angry at the British press for the way in which they do work with the palace. Because mm. the system of the royal... I mean, the thing is... He, he explained the system of the Royal Rota well to a point because what he actually failed to mention, he failed to mention that broadcasters like ITV, BBC and Sky News are also members of the Royal Rota. And who did he give this interview to? None other than Tom Bradby um, of ITV News, a.k.a. Tom Bradby, former royal correspondent of the Royal Rota. Bearing in mind, he talked about how illegitimate, basically, to journalism, royal correspondents are. So, you know, it's one of those things where, once again, there are just so many hypocrisies. But I think it, it, he he doesn't realise the disassociation between the British press and the American press and how different they are. And it, and it really showed, actually, within the documentary, uh, within the, uh, sorry, not the documentary, within the Tom Bradby interview on ITV, because he was, he was questioning who polices the press. Well, actually, the UK press is one of the most regulated journalism industries in the world. You know, we've got Ofcom mm -hmm. regulating our TV platforms, but we've also got IPSO, the independent press standards organization that regulates the newspapers, the magazines, and also the websites and the other online publishers as well for news. So, and you know, editors have to follow and comply with the IPSO code. You know, I, I myself, not necessarily about the Royal family, but I've had showbiz stories that haven't run because they, they fall into conflict with the Ipso code. But yet, where does he and Meghan move to for privacy? None other than the entertainment capital of the world with laws about kind of freedom of the press and what they can do and, and you know, regulation. That is so much more relaxed. Oh, yeah. The last time I got in trouble with the FCC, I got to pay a fine and they still they still showed the show. <laughs> like, I All I had to do was pay a fine. Like, and, and they still played it. And this is the thing as well, like you saw it in the Netflix documentary, they're talking about the British press, but yet a lot of the press, they show firstly American headlines by outlets by the National Enquirer. Mm -hmm. Now, that's not me slamming the National Enquirer. That's me going, well, Harry and Meghan do conflate the British press with the American press. And I will actually say as well, the straight out of Compton headline published by the Mail and the Mail Online, you know, that was written by who? An American-based journalist, a yep. US-based journalist. So it's one of those things where, you, you know, there are inconsistencies left, right and centre, but Harry does 
I think he blames the press in general and he has a hatred of the press in general, except for what he and Megan call grassroots press, which is basically press that they can control the complete narrative and work with them on everything, which is basically almost hypocritical because they 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 slam the monarchy for and the institution for working with the press, but yet they also work with their own press, their chosen press. It's simply they don't like facing accountability. That's what it comes down to here. They don't like being criticized and they like to be completely in control of the narrative, especially Megan, you know, coming from the celebrity point of view. Yes, she had publicists and, and bearing in mind when she was trying to make it as an actress, uh, you know, and she came to the UK and was on the UK social and party scene. You know, I know from tabloid editors that Megan's publicist would meet up with them and beg them mm -hmm. to put her in the newspapers. They would literally beg uh, tabloid editors to put Meghan Markle and give her in the newspapers and give her coverage. But, you know, when she was a celebrity, she was very much in control of her narrative. But when you're in the royal family you don't necessarily have that control it's a different system you have courtiers working around you and i think prince harry and Meghan markle didn't like the facts that, that like unfortunately prince harry was the spare they were always second in line because that is the line of succession that's how it works they always are second in precedence towards prince william you know their job was effectively to support prince william mm -hmm. prince william's job was to support then prince charles and prince charles job was then to support her Majesty the Queen and all the other members of the royal family were there to support Her Majesty the Queen. That's how precedence works. That's how royal fa the royal family works. That's the line of succession. Meghan and Harry weren't like that. They viewed it in a very individual way. I think it's very clear that both of them view this whole controversy. They're very self-centered and they view this whole controversy by me, me, me. They're the center of the world and they don't get the context around it, the outside system. And if they do get it, well, they have a resentment against it anyway. So it's lose-lose for the monarchy in their eyes. I also think Meghan wasn't important enough for people to dig into things before she got famous. I absolutely agree with that. And I, actually, I was curious, in the last few minutes of the show we have here, where do you think this is all going to go? Either is it going to be ahead at some point, are they going to stop, are we going to forget about them, will they continue to create various controversies to stay in the limelight? Where is this going to lead to? Mm. Well, you know, I've always said, you know, they are entitled to do whatever they want to do. If they want to make money, fine, they can make money. If they want to, you know, do documentaries slamming the royal family, you know, I am a freedom of speech advocate. I have to practice what I preach. I'm not going to criticize them for necessarily doing so. I mean, I guess I have done so. But, you know, I criticize them because they're still linked to the institution mm -hmm. and they're still profiting of the institution that they continue to slam. Whereas if they voluntarily gave up the HRH titles yeah. and voluntarily gave up the Duke and Duchess of Sussex titles, then it would be an entirely different conversation. You know, I, I do think they're entitled to do what they want but i think you know the pro they use the royal family and their links to the royal family almost as a working call as a call to work that's how they earn their money that's the platform that they earn their money off you know if they do tell other stories that are completely unrelated to the royal family such as megan's children's book which hasn't been a big success and then there's also the the upcoming um, Lead to Rule documentary or something, the Netflix documentary. I, I, I've briefly forgotten the name about that. I'm so sorry. But, you know, there is another kind of series that they're working on. Prince Harry has his Heart of Invictus series also with Netflix coming out. Um, 
at some point in 2023. You know, the, the real test would be whether they tell new stories and how popular will they be or will they continue to have to resort uh, slamming the royal family again and again and again to earn their money. That's number one. Number two, there's obviously the coronation. Now, will they be welcome at the coronation? They will be invited out of a formality. You know, aside from what Harry said, you know, uh, King Charles does actually love his son. I've heard from sources that he does miss his son as well in LA, you know, it, with his first speech to the nation after Her Majesty the Queen passed away. He wished his son well whilst he and Meghan built new lives together in America. But if they do come back to the uh, coronation, Bearing in mind, people that would be attending the coronation are, you know, people who are the biggest fans of the royal family. Bearing in mind what Harry has done, the what he said, the personal details that he's he's given, the damage that he's caused to the royal family standing globally on the global stage. If he does come to the coronation, will he be welcomed? I'm not sure. There is a risk. He might get booed. Quite seriously, I he might get booed. It would yeah, not be unreasonable. Fair. Where can everyone find you on social media? We have about two minutes left of the show. Yeah, so you can find me on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter, on TikTok, and on YouTube. Search for me at Josh Rom on air. And just a quick little plug, I've got a brand new digital series on um, on award season coming up where I'm going to be going through all the news reaction analysis and maybe a bit of goss of award season. That's available to view on the Sun Showbiz YouTube page. Uh, episode two's just been released about the Brit nominations in this country um, and gender neutral categories for that um on that point so you don't want to miss it it's much it's must watch guys check him out he is absolutely fabulous i'd love to have you back on again if you're willing to come on i was really Anytime. enjoying okay Anytime. i'm gonna hold you to that that is a legally binding contract you have to come back um, <laughs> love it. guys Make sure you're following Josh. Of course, follow the show, tune in BTS. Shout out to my co-host, Bear Fjorda. Thank you for joining us this week, talking a little bit about, a little bit, a lot of bit about the royal family. Thank you for joining us with Josh. I know you guys will follow him. Give him a good show. We'll see you next week. This was Behind the Scenes. Good night. Thanks for checking out the show. Behind the Scenes can be heard live on the Voice America Variety Channel every Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific. Be sure to join Summer Helene for more Scoop next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaVariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network. It's staff and management. An inspirational speaker and an Amazon number one best-selling author, Carol Edmonston has shared her interactive workshops with both children and adults. Whether it's in a school, hospital, or a professional business organization, Carol is committed to impacting quality of life by weaving a connection between mind, body, and spirit through the creativity of doodling. Carol has been profiled in the New York Times, 
and has appeared in Chicken Soup for the Breast Cancer Survivor's Soul, Forbes Health, and Women's World, among numerous other publications. Pick up Carol's award-winning book, The Healing Power of Doodling, Mindfulness Therapy to Deal with Stress, Fear, and Life Challenges, 